Praise God. Um, it's interesting tonight, I, I um, really had it on my heart to talk about healing being an act of love. And um, we've been, you know, talking about being redeemed from the curse of the law. So all the redeemed people in here say, I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. That's right. We are the redeemed of the Lord. Um, and, you know, a lot of times when people are thinking about healing, it's, it's interesting to me that we can, um, and I'm talking about Christians now, that we can believe God about salvation. You know, we, we can believe God that, uh, about what he says about us being saved and uh, what he says about where we'll spend eternity. And really, for the most part, we don't question that. Would you agree? You just know you prayed. You know, you, you, you prayed either according to Romans uh, 10 and 9, and, uh, or you just said, you know, um, the word also says in chapter 10, Romans, that, you know, if you just call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. So we, we do that, and we, we really... Like, yeah, you know, I'm saved. I pray that prayer. And, of course, you know, I believe in my heart. But I pray that prayer. And it's like, that's a done deal. That's settled. I'm saved. I'm going to go to heaven one day. God is my father. I'm his child. You know, so we believe all that. But then when it comes to healing and when it comes to prosperity even, people question God. They question God's faithfulness about that. And it's like, but it's the same God who said that you're saved. <laughs> so we can take hold of that and we, we believe it really almost unconditionally without any giving it any thought. But then when, when we are faced with a sickness or a disease, we question, does God really want to heal me? Does healing really belong to me? Now, you know, it's interesting in um, Bible times, um, the, the, the Pharisees, and even the Sadducees probably too, but, you know, they believe, they, well, they didn't have any problem with, um, you know, they, they saw Jesus heal, so they knew that that was a reality. But they had a problem with him forgiving sin, <laughs> right? Now, today, we don't have a problem with God forgiving us for sin, but we got a problem with God healing us. It switched. What happened? He's the same God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? He doesn't change. He doesn't change whether our circumstances change or not. He doesn't change. But yet and still, it's so much easier to believe him about salvation than it is to believe him about other things. And I think to myself now, okay, healing, I'm dealing with that right now, you know, right in, in the earth. Salvation or eternal life or where I'm going to spend eternity, hmm, you know what I'm saying? Because, you, you, you know, that's, that's something in the 
future. I mean, we have eternal life now. Don't misunderstand me. That's it. We do have eternal life now. But I'm talking about going to heaven. That's in the future. So how do you know? How, how can you be so sure that you're going to heaven? I really want to know. Somebody give me an answer. How do you know that? How can you be so sure? What? Confessing Jesus as Lord? God said it? Okay, but didn't he say that I am the Lord your healer? Did he say that? He did say that, right? Okay, so you know without a doubt that you're going to heaven, but when it comes to healing or prosperity, I'll throw that one in there too. It's like, really? Okay, will he really do that for me? Well, did he really do save you? So didn't salvation and healing and prosperity, wasn't all of that a part of redemption? Wasn't it a package deal? It was all, all Jesus did it all. As a matter of fact, Jesus, when he became our substitute, when he took our place, when he did all that he did, he did that so that we could be restored back to our original state before the fall. So was there sickness and disease in the, fall, in, the, in the Garden of Eden? No. Was there poverty in the Garden of Eden? Did they have eternal life in the Garden of Eden? They did. They had the life of God in them. So Jesus is, has restored us, or what he did was to restore us back to our original state. So he took care of all of it. He's not a partial God. God didn't partially save us. God didn't partially give us, you know, he, he didn't say, well, Jesus, you know, I think, you know, um, yeah, I know what you did, but uh, let's just, Let's just save them. We're not going to worry about the healing or the prosperity. Ah, maybe later we'll do that. No. It was all done all at once. All at once. So John 3.16, everybody knows this for the most part. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God so loved the world. God so loved us that that love caused him to take action. He gave his son. He loved us so much. He loves the world so much. He loves every single human being. Every person, every person. There's nobody left out that God doesn't love. Every person. He said he so loved the world that he gave. His love for us, his love for mankind, caused him to take action. It caused him to want to do something for those that he loved. 
those of us that are parents, you know, we can certainly um, attest to that. We can agree with that. We understand that concept, right? You want to do your best for your children. You want to give them what they need. You want to make sure, you know, whatever they need, you want to make sure it's taken care of. Um, that's our father. He's our father. So why would he deny you healing or prosperity and only give you salvation, which salvation includes all of it, but you understand what I'm saying, only save you, okay? That's not God. He is a complete God. Amen? So let me read, um, just read John 3.16 to you out of the Amplified, I mean, I'm sorry, the Message Bible. Um, well, the Amplified is Amplified is good too, but the message says, this is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why, so that no one need be destroyed by believing in him. Anyone can have a whole and lasting life, a whole life, whole. Everything you need, all of it, right? God didn't go to, go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust in him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why? Because that person's failure to believe in the one of a kind son of God when, God, when he was introduced to him. So God loved us so much that he was willing to let his son come to earth, be mistreated, be, and ultimately die for us, um, for our sins, so that we could become his children and that he could demonstrate his love to us. He wanted to demonstrate his love to us. Now, turn to Psalm um, Turn to Psalm 103 real quick. Psalm 103. I can get to it myself. Okay. Are you there? Yes. Okay, right now I'm reading out of the King James because I'm most familiar with this one. And it says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. So we see here, right here, that God has benefits. There's benefits in being a child of God. There's benefits. God offers or has benefits for us. And I know, you know, if you're working, you have a job, um, or maybe you, you, you know, could be retired or whatever, or you have your own business. But most jobs, 
offer some type of benefit, right? And when you are hired and they tell you what your benefit package is, do you ever ask them how are they going to pay for that? Do you ever ask them, um, are you sure that's for me? Do you ever ask them, um, well, you know, maybe I'm, do you ever say, well, maybe I'm not worthy of that? Do you ever say, well, um, well, you know, let me go do this. I need to do this, this, and this first, and then I'll be, you know, then I can take those benefits. Do you ever do any of that? Okay, so God says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? How many of our iniquities? All of them. So he forgives our iniquities, but he also heals all our diseases. And then it goes on to say, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle. This is God talking to us. So does God lie? Sure. You sure he doesn't lie? Okay, so then you believe what this says. You believe this is true, right? You can take this to the bank, right? You can trust God to do what he said, right? Do you have to question this? No. Is it your benefit? Does it belong to you? All right, so say this after me. Say, um, God forgives all my iniquities. God heals all my diseases. Okay, now we're going to talk about the, the healing part. I want you to say it like this. We're going to, like, emphasize each one of these words. So um, we'll do heal all my all my diseases. So say God. God. Let's say God with some fervor. God heals heals all all my diseases. diseases. Okay, now say God God heals. heals. Now let's put emphasis on heals. Heals heals. all All my diseases. diseases. Okay, let's say um, all on all this time. God Heals all my diseases. Okay. God heals all my diseases. One more time. God heals all my diseases. Okay. Now let's put it all together and let's say it like we mean it. God heals all my diseases. God heals all my diseases. Do you know your, your mind is, is listening to you? You know your body is listening and it's reacting to what you're saying? Can you tell? That's what you do. That's what you do. That's what God expects us to do, to believe him and take him at his word and say what he says, and we'll have what he says. 
So we don't have to question it. We just have to do it. We just have to receive it. You know, sometimes it's so hard for people to receive, like, healing because they're trying to figure it all out. And they're trying to figure out if they're worthy. They're trying to figure out, will God really do this for me? Yes, he'll do it for you. Yes. Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, he's already done it. Do you realize Jesus isn't going to do anything else about you being saved or anybody else? He's already taken care of that. He's not going to do anything else about anybody getting healed. You know why? He's already done it. It's done. So what we have to do is receive it. What we have to do is appropriate it. What we have to do is believe what God says. So when the symptoms come, we have to say what God says. And that's what you have to do. You just have to say, like, look, put my foot down. Nope, not here. This is what God says. This, I have what he says, not what's going on in my body. Now, you know, don't misunderstand me. You, you, you can deal with your body. When I, when I say that, don't, don't walk around like a, a chicken with your head cut off and you've got something going on and you're just kind of, acting like it isn't there in that sense. You, you, you acknowledge it in the fact that you say no, and then you say what God says. Amen? Does that make sense? Okay. All right. I'm not going to get very far, I can tell. Okay, so um, let's look at Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, and this, again, is a story that we're very familiar with. Um, In fact, I'll just encourage you, those of you that were here Sunday night and Minister Darnell uh, ministered healing to you by the laying on of hands, you need to be saying what God says about your body. You need to be declaring that. You need to say that. Amen? Okay, so Luke chapter 5, verse 18. Yeah, we'll do verse 18. As soon as I get there, I'm um, trying to talk and turn pages too. Okay, so verse 18. Like I said, this is a familiar story. It says, And behold, uh, men brought in a bed, in a bed, a man which was taken with palsy or paralyzed. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. So Jesus was in the house and he was talking to um, the people. And um, it says in verse 19, And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in, because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tilling with his couch into the tiling, excuse me, with his couch into the mist before Jesus. And when he, talking about Jesus, saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said unto them, What reason ye in your heart? Now listen to this. Whether it's, it's easier to say, thy sins be forgiven, or to say, rise up and walk. Jesus said, they're both the same. 
Neither one of them is easier than the other one. And I have the authority, of course, to do both. So he was telling me, it doesn't matter whether I say his sins are forgiven or whether I tell him to take up his bed and walk. Either way, he's healed. Either way. It's it's not, you know, it's no big deal for me. Basically what Jesus said, he said, you know, he's going to get healed either way. So it's not easier for God to forgive you for your sins. That's not easier than him healing you. It's the same. It's the same power. It's the same God. And it belongs to you. He paid the price for it. It's yours. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, and I was saying that we were, um, that there are, you know, that God, his love, uh, it causes him to take action. So, um, let's see. Let's, maybe we can read one more. Okay, let's look at, well, let's look at Matthew 14, 14. Uh, let's, go, let's look at 13 first. Um, it says, when Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. He was moved with compassion. He was moved with love. He was moved to the point that even though he might have, you know, been tired or, or whatever, he saw these people and he saw their need and that love for them moved him to pray for them so that they could be healed. And see, that's the kind of love that we have in us. The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. That's that, that agape love, that, that love that compels us. So like when that word came forth by the Holy Spirit, he's saying, you got to love people. I love people. If you love them, you'll tell them. It'll, it'll, it'll cause you to do something. Love is an action. When we say we love, we got to put some action to it. You know, my, my husband tells me pretty much every day, I'd say, yeah, every day, he tells me that he loves me. And I love hearing him say that. And I say back to him that I love him. But you know what? He also does things, he goes to work. That's an act of love. He takes my trash out. For me, that's an act of love. There's things that he does. He 
you know, he's protective of us. That's an act of love. There are different things, but love causes him, causes me to do something. The love of God causes us to do something. God's love for us caused him to do something. And one of those things is healing. Praise God. Love is a powerful force. Amen. Praise God. Um, Mark chapter 1. Here's just another example. Verse 40. It says in the King James, And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst canst make me clean. And Jesus, moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and said unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he spoke, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. So we see here action. Okay, so... It says that Jesus was, first of all, moved with compassion. He put forth his hand. He touched him. And then he said unto unto him, be thou clean. And when he spoke, immediately the leprosy left. That's love in action. Most people wouldn't touch somebody with leprosy. But Jesus did. I'm going to close with this. Let me um, just read. This is something that T.L. Osborne wrote about healing the sick. And it's, he said, said this. He said, let it be a settled fact. It is God's will to heal you. You have a right to healing as well as forgiveness when you believe. God said, I am the Lord who heals you, Exodus 15, 26. If God said this, And God cannot lie. He meant it. What God said is true. So healing is yours. Healing is part of the gospel and is to be preached throughout the world and to every creature, to every, to the end of the world. Being a part of the gospel, the divine blessing of physical healing is for all. It's for all. Amen.